0: This episode is brought to you by One House. Learn more about our comprehensive hospitality solutions at one-haus.com. I'm Dave Arnold, host of Cooking Issues. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
1: Welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. We're coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, October 26, 2016. This is the 121st episode of this series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, my guests are siblings and co-founders of a new family foundation for the culinary industry, and I will introduce them in a moment. First, as I do on every show, I will start out with my PR tip, Then later we will have my speed round game, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question, which actually has a twist this week, so you'll have to wait to see what that is. Now, as the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. So today's tip is to keep things all in the family. If you get along well with your family and see ways that you can work together, why not pursue business opportunities as a team? There's nothing wrong with working with your relatives, and actually there are benefits, such as knowing each other's strengths and weaknesses. You can be very successful if you have the right dynamic for business. So consider working family style and building name recognition for your clan. That is my tip today. I'm very happy to have a dynamic family duo here in the studio. So they are Louise Von Richten and C- Cedric Von Richten, co-founders with their father John George of Food Dreams Foundation, a John George Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization dedicated to bridging the gap between students and the working community by offering scholarships, training and job placement opportunities. Luis is currently the head of business development at the Chef's Club in New York, overseeing all of the new concepts. And Cedric, a graduate of the Culinary Institute of America, worked his way up to his current title of Chef de Cuisine at Perry Street in New York City. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Hello. So excited to have you both here. We're excited. We're also. excited to be here. So, yes, family work together. You're both in the industry. I and John George, I'm. Having him as your dad, I can't imagine because I'm just such a huge fan of his. Um, But I like to start out with backgrounds. Like, How did you get into the industry growing up around the culinary world? Did you see yourself staying within it? Or was there a point where you thought maybe you didn't want to do things in, in culinary?
2: I mean, it started since when I was nine years old. So, I mean, he was at the Lafayette Hotel in New York City. And, you know, I would go to school high, um, Not high school, but uh, How do you call that? Uh, elementary school mm-hmm. And after school, you know, coming back home I mean, the home was the hotel that time Because, you know, we were staying at the Lafayette Hotel Where he was working also And basically go there and play in the kitchen And go in pastry and roll things, you know Margie pans and just create little things And at, at that time, you know, this is what I wanted to do And I didn't see any other careers I wanted to do that uh, eventually we went back in france and at 14 years old that's when i went to cooking school so did a little bit of math and english but in a lot of cooking that's kind of you know the the degree you do over there and cook uh, and work for all various different chefs um in france and eventually travel a lot and came back in new york city and work for my father that's that's and you since very young i wanted to uh, follow that path basically
1: did your father encourage you to be a chef or or disencourage dis- you at all?
2: He was really against it at the beginning. Uh, so when we were moving to France with my sister and my mother,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and my mother, you know, gave him the call, and he's like, you know, Cedric wants to uh, wants to cook. He's like, no, 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 go and do something <laughs> else. be a
3: doctor or something. Which, <laughs> right.
2: You know, be a doctor, a lawyer, which, by the way, I mean, it's a lot of hours is very difficult as well, but you want me to do something else. And what didn't agree. And that's why I kind of, I went first and worked for other chefs uh, and see, you know, by myself and see mm-hmm. how they, you know, before working for my father, how they do and kind of grow myself, you know, the work on my own. Uh, and then, you know, eventually when, you know, when I graduated, when I was 17 years old, my father was like, okay, you know, all right, you, you made it that far. I'm going to send you to Bahamas and, you know, doing one opening there. So I went there, worked for three months. He's like, okay, now I'm going to send you to London and do another opening. Go there. I'll send you to Hong Kong this time. So I keep on, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I was young, you know, that was all between 17 and 19 years old and really opened up my, my eyes on a lot of different cultures and, and different variation of food and, you know, flavors and way of working in the kitchen. And, you know, after, well, after 19 years old, basically my father says, you know, like, I think you, you, you need also a little bit of more management um, background. And that's when I went to the CIA. I did four years over there. Uh, bachelor degree and you know all the financial HR all, the, all that stuff that is very important aspect also of the, the hospitality business and then at that point went to John George uh, worked my way all the way up to uh, sous chef and then he's like one day he's like okay you know we have a position at Perry Street are you interested you know like that's going to be your, your show you'll develop your own you know uh, dishes and your own te- put together your team etc and, and there we go six years later
1: it's it's great because you got you you got a tremendous amount of experience around the world mm-hmm. not just working with your dad and now you're you know you worked your way up to where you are now and it's exactly. it's a it's a great path.
2: I think he wanted to test me and make sure if it, this yeah. is really what I wanted. I so. think he
1: sent you to the Bahamas and was like, let's see if he just, you know, gives up and just becomes like a surfer or something. I, mean, balance, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Bahamas was a little
2: too much fun. You know, yeah. You yeah. open yeah. You know, the beach and everything. <laughs> right.
3: So, yeah. so what about you, Louise? Um, so for me, it was uh, always an industry that I've been exposed, just like Cedric said it, We I was born pretty much in a hotel also, so I was born in New York. And I've always been exposed to it as as a diner and going to the kitchen to see my dad and going to restaurants uh, with the family. So it's really a new universe that was surrounding us all the time, 24-7. And even when we be- went back to France, uh, all the time that we spent with my, my father, our father, it was around the kitchen, around food. Um, so I, I started very young to love the industry and to be fascinated by the art of tables, of... You know, how people, like, their face change when they go to an experience in a restaurant and they have a good time, they try amazing food, there's an amazing decor. So I always knew that I wanted to do something related to it. Um, I didn't want to be a chef, but I wanted to uh, open restaurants and open hotels also. That was always my dream. So I studied for, for that. I went to my undergrad, I did mostly, like, a finance background. Uh, and then I worked in operation uh, with, within the, the family business. I was a, a manager at the Mercer Kitchen for about two years, and then I did my grad school. It was also finance, but related to the hospitality industry. And then worked in Dubai, uh, Hong Kong a little bit, and then finally went back, to, uh, went back to, to New York and asked Penn to open the chef's club, the first chef club that I opened. And um, so it's really something that uh, is, I think, in our blood because we've been exposed to it so much. And it was something natural to us. And uh, so, yeah, that's really something fun and beautiful that's link it's, it's a link to the family. Yes, and I, the experience you
1: guys have from working around the world just blows my mind that you worked in Dubai and Hong Kong. and um,
3: You worked in Hong Kong too.
2: Right. Hong Kong, Spain also. I mean we yeah. you know, a lot yeah. of uh, a lot of different places. It really opens up your, your mind and see things differently right. and even your palate and how to deal hospitality with people in front of the house but as well, you know in the
3: kitchen. It's know, very so. different, yeah, the way you deal with people like from country to another.
1: Yeah. And I, I was I was looking on John George's website just about how many restaurants he has and they're all around the world and mm-hmm. I mean growing up with a with father who was opening restaurants Everywhere. I mean, was that was that hard, or was that just something
3: that um, just opened your eyes to to new experiences? Um, for, for me, it was uh, opening eyes um, to. There is no limit. Uh, mm-hmm. And he was always uh, looking at him opening in so many different places and, and visiting those different places, which actually I didn't go to all the restaurants. I don't think you, you have either. Maybe 80% of
2: them, but they still... <laughs> we haven't
3: like... been to all of them. I yet. haven't either. I don't know. May, I might be at like 20 or
1: 30%. <laughs> but
3: I think for me it was very inspiring and, you know, uh, limitless. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I think it's great. I think it's fun to to see that uh, you know uh, he was able to open in so many different countries, and it's been always uh, very international. And I think that's the way we grew up also, like eating since we were very young, eating international foods, okay. uh, dealing with international, different people, different culture. Uh, it's really something that um, is part of part of us it's and the way of we live. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's. I was
1: also on the site. I was. I went to the um, the page about who's on the team, and there was this lovely video showing with uh, employees who've worked for John George, and and many have worked there for many many years, mm-hmm. and just showing that that appreciation for what he has taught them, and like I, I feel when people stay with companies for a long time, it just says so much about the brand. Mm-hmm. There's this loyalty, and there's this. And and working up within the industry, I think, is something that's happened Been with many people.
2: Challenge also mm-hmm. and the opportunity to you know, well, if you're really uh, motivated and you want to go work somewhere, you know, in Dubai or you want to go uh, in Tokyo, like there's always opportunity. So you know, that's right. People love that. Yeah. yeah.
1: So how did the idea for Food Dreams Foundation come about?
3: So actually, it was a very fun, fun story because um, we were actually um, my dad and I were driving up at the country house like we do most of the weekends, and we were talking about like how you know great it is all the foundation that comes to us and asks for donation, but we were at the same time thinking you know what about us like why don't we do one and we actually know where the money and the donation are going and we can actually see how many students or how, how much you can actually help uh, in a way or another. So I, that time, actually, I dropped uh, money on the floor in the car. And I say, where, where should I put it? And he said, well, put it in the JG Foundation. But it was a joke. And I, I said, well, that's, why not, actually? And then a week later, I, I created like a, a small business plan for the foundation. And I think he didn't expect it to, you know, to turn into reality <laughs> at the beginning because it was really a joke. And I shared it with, with my brother, Cedric, and, and, and my dad. And I said, why don't we actually do a foundation ourselves? And it becomes a family foundation that was really important to do something that we can, all three of us, do together. And a foundation that can, you know, help students that are passionate about the industry but just cannot access to an education because they don't have money, they don't have connection, they don't have support. And help those passionate students to get an education, and then to have access to training program within the company, and then we can help them to find to find a job. Um, so I think it's something that we really love, the three of us. And like I said, it was really also for us to to do a project together, linked to the industry that we all love, but to do something. with with it and to help people but to do something a project family project
2: and and it's only the beginning but it's been you know it's been very very exciting and we can't wait you know to take it to the next level and have more people coming and joining the the, you know the foundation so that's great
1: great i want to hear more details about the the foundation and what the goals are but we're going to take a little break first so stay with us this is all in the industry on heritage radio network for this commercial break is brought to you by rec tech and this track is called dues
0: paid this episode is brought to you by one house at one house we noticed that most serious chefs and managers don't hang out in brightly lit offices So we go out in the fields to gather the best talent wherever they may be. We meet and talk to them, like humans used to do back in the day. We are the people people. Our talent sourcing covers salaried dining room, kitchen, and corporate professionals. We thrive in Michelin-starred, James Beard, and -and mom-and-pop environments alike from coast to coast. Drop us a line at one-haus.com or at info at one-haus.com for our confidential, up-to-date, and relevant career options, or if you're an operator seeking a culinary or management-level pro.
1: Welcome back to All in the Industry and Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guests today are Louise Richten and Cedric Richten. They're the co-founders with their father, John George, of Food Dreams Foundation.
3: And uh, when did this launch, Food Dreams, recently? So we uh, officially launched it. uh, It was September 27. uh, But we've been working on the foundation for about eight months now to put all the legal structure and... The web web page that is uh, online right now, Uh, but the official launch where we had like media and donors and at uh, Perry Street at Perry Street your restaurant and I was there and it was a treat Mm
1: because your food is exceptional beyond just being there among everyone in that room. Thank you. Yeah, I love your restaurant. Thank you, thank you. (laughs) It's my
2: favorite too. Oh come on guys. I'm blushing. I'm blushing
1: you get you get a sunset too. I mean you get a view, you get you get the whole thing. Yeah, no, it's 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 amazing. So, okay, so you officially launched in September and That's right. So what you say you're bridging the gap between students and the working culinary community. So how how is that working like
3: so, so basically, we are actually partnering with the Culinary Institute of America, where Cedric went to, to school with his wife, Ochi. Mm-hmm. And um, we're doing a, a partnership where we are helping students, uh, passionate, like I said, from high schools that uh, want to get an education but cannot get that education at the Culinary Institute. And they will have, thanks to that scholarship, a program of two years, which is an associate's degree. At the Culinary Institute, so we are also saying we are the foundation. Aim to source the students with the Culinary Institute of America based on different criteria that we put together. Uh, Criteria varies between like having like 3.5 GPA, um, making sure that you know they don't have the financial resource to to get that education. Um, We're asking also the students to send us a two-minute video to tell us why uh, they should be you know. best student to get that scholarship and also they will have an in-person interview with cedric at perry street yeah,
2: they'll, they'll come in the kitchen kind of spend a whole day or evening to see what's you know what's a professional life in the kitchen and standing eight ten hours and sweating and maybe have them cook something and you know sit down and at the end of the, the evening at the end of the evening basically talk and uh, and we'll go from there, and you know, have them motivated and really like show, like you know, this is what I want to do. This, you know, this is my passion. Uh, you know, the heat, the standing up long time doesn't bother me. So you know, that's why we want to make sure.
3: But Yeah, they, they really want to be there, and they really want. To, they are motivated to get uh, that scholarship. Um, passionate students, are really important to us, and we want to make sure through that selection process that we we get the the best students. Is there a, a limit to how many students you're accepting? to start it it really varies um you know it's our first year so based on the donation that we have already and we hope to get more um we are currently we can currently have about 10 students Uh, for the first year we are aiming at 20 students that's really the, the target and we hope to go beyond that number
2: and then, of course, our opportunity after they graduate. You know, we have, like you, know, like you say, a restaurant around the world is giving them the opportunity to... Exactly. ...in uh, the mentorship, basically placing them in some of the restaurant if they would like to, and, you know, that's kind of the goal.
1: Yeah. To stage. I saw you stage at amazing restaurants I around the world. I stage a lot. <laughs> I was like, when
2: is the staging going to finish?
1: <laughs> stage but, professional. <laughs> but I feel nowadays, I, I don't, you know, lots of people see the chefs on tv and they Mm -hmm. think it's like boom i want to be be, become a chef and it's a quick road and i feel people um older generations are not like you're old at all but like you paid your dues like you've gone around and you've you know you've learned from chefs around the world and and until you are ready to run your own kitchen it's
2: important to build a very strong background you know roots and understanding all this different like of course the, the old school cooking you know and the French knowing the new one you know the, from Spain and the different how to use all the different techniques and ingredients if you just go right in there and oh I'm going to be the chef in this restaurant I feel like you're going to feel maybe not as confident a mm-hmm. little weak or so and, and in the long term you know not as creative probably so it's important to really you know tra- train train and be patient and keep on training and you'll become a chef
1: <laughs> yes Everybody. <laughs> Everybody except the two of us. I actually, I actually went to a, a, a small cooking school in Chicago back before I moved to New York in the late 90s thinking I wanted to be a chef. And I, I dabbled in it. And so I know... I know what it's like to stand in a kitchen and to... I, I mean, I was doing garmanger once in a kitchen, and I would see the people over by the heat doing the hard stuff. I was like, how am I ever going to do that? <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, having that experience helps me today and what I do, but I feel it is important for students to get in a kitchen and see what it's really like.
2: Exactly. Yeah. You still have the, the feel. like is I mean, if we give you a scholarship and then you're like, oh, um, you know." Uh, this right. is you know this is not actually what I wanted. We just want to make sure this is the right fit for both, and you know you yeah, so they don't really drop after
3: like three months of you know right during the degree yeah so so as far
1: as the the funds from the foundation, this is something that's donation based
3: that's right, mm-hmm. so it's mostly um private donors, uh, so that's why we did that uh, mm-hmm. small gathering to launch. Uh, we invited potential donors that would be interested in participating uh, in the foundation. Uh, and we're going to do more of those events, uh, uh, ticketed events mm-hmm. mostly. We will have uh, Cedric, Jean-Georges cooking, maybe other chefs also involved. and uh, So there are really different ways of gathering money through for, for the website. Or you know you can find information on the website to do a donation by check. Um, we're going to do some events, sport events as well that we are planning for early next year. And uh, gala, small dinners. Uh, where people will be able to buy those tickets and all the profits will be uh, given for the foundation. So there are really like three different ways where we are gathering money. That's great. And I
1: anything happening at the Chef's Club, the connection? Exactly, okay. that's
3: right. So one of the first dinners, so we're still like doing the planning for uh, 2017, but it will be at Chef's Club. Um, so we are still uh, defining the date, it will be like sometime early January. But we'll do a dinner with Cedric, JG, uh, um, and it's going to be pretty much like a Van Gerichten family dinner. And we're going to invite also like, you know, some donors and people that are interested, again, on the foundation. And just regular people who want to dine and experience a uh, dinner cooked by Cedric and Jean-Georges. And we'll do some auction, uh, silent auction, and all the benefits will go to the foundation as well. So something is happening at Chef's Club soon. Oh, good!
1: I love Chef's Club. I mean, I think what you guys are doing there is incredible, and Thank you. it's it's such a unique venue. And Didi Elena you know, running That's the culinary right. program—it's just—it's yeah—it's um—it's special. We have fun stuff. Happening. Yeah,
3: we have really uh, fun uh, fun chefs coming from all over the world. Uh, more to come in two thousand seventeen also. Uh, so please come back.
1: <laughs> I will. I see. I, and Aaron, he does such a great yeah. job of curating. curating chefs. I mean, from around the world, it's, it's, right. it's, it's you're only going to get that that experience. I feel at your restaurant. Yeah,
3: and we just yeah. actually launched um, last uh, week the new menu. So it's really uh, the concept is really stronger and stronger, and it's really 25 dishes on the menu by 25 chefs. So it's one dish per chef. Oh, so uh-huh, okay. Uh, Up and coming chef. We have established chef. Um, really, like a different uh, curation from all over the, the world. Oh, so that's what's in the main dining room—the standard. Okay, that's right. We just launched it uh, a week ago,
1: so I like should come over I'm late. I'm late to the game. <laughs> a week late. I have to come by. Please come. So uh, let me ask you my question that I had for my last guest on episode 120. I had on Naomi Giggis Downey. She's the nonprofit fundraising executive at City Harvest. So she would like to know. How would you suggest a young or new chef get involved in some sort of charity? What are some ways that they could find a charity or support the community? A younger chef who doesn't have maybe big bucks
2: <laughs> to get involved. You mean like to,
1: uh... how, how? How do you suggest a young chef or yeah. in the industry get involved in a charity or you know participate in what's in the industry beyond well, cooking in their kitchen?
3: I mean, like you know, just like to take food dreams as an example. I think uh, we are welcoming like any any one in the industry. Actually, has a lot of people who are asking like, how can I help you? Um, so I think from the chef perspective, uh, we are going to do like a lot of uh, dinners, like I said. And the idea is really to um, to have not only us in the family, but to have other chefs cooking. So definitely uh, being involved by. Participating in one of the events that we'll be doing, that would be like a really uh, amazing way to participate in uh, in our foundation, and I think in many other foundation as well. If uh, they
2: go on the, the website on the, the food dreams, they can directly contact there, and if you know if they're interested in doing from setting up uh, the dining room or even prepping and cooking your thing, then no problem. Everybody's welcome.
3: Also, just support like you know, like on the communication side, also is very important. Uh, we had actually already like um, for Food Dreams like people even like uh, at the Union Square Market actually we met some farmers not chef but farmers and they are you know uh, they don't have a lot of money to donate but uh, they have a lot of followers on Instagram on social media so they've been posting about the foundation uh, so also on the, that communication side is very important and chef they have a lot of followers on Instagram because on, people love to see their pictures and see what they're posting on a daily basis so uh, helping communicating about what the foundation is about and what's our mission. I think it's it's a tremendous help as well. Terrific.
1: Okay. Yeah. So we're gonna take another break and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna play my speedrun game and talk some industry news. This is all in the industry on Heritage Radio Network. <laughs>
0: story of men and women who shed not only their clothes, but also their...
1: back this is on the industry and heritage radio network i'm sherry bear my guests today are luis von richten and cedric von richten it's time for my speed round game what this is is i name two or more things either or pref, and you give your preference if i'm okay. explaining that right like chocolate or vanilla vanilla chocolate <laughs> i love it siblings oh, this is gonna be fun okay so here we go eat in or eat out out. Eat out. <laughs> What'd you say? Out, both out. 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 Okay, (laughs) wine, beer, cocktail, or mocktail? Wine.
2: Uh, All, all the above counts. uh,
1: Whatever works for you, (laughs) except the mocktail. Except the mocktail. Get rid of that one. Okay, (laughs) tasting menu or à la carte? À la carte. À la carte. I like how you say that. À la carte. À la carte. (laughs) I love the accent. Small plates or large plates? Small plates
2: it's weird I'm going to say small plate but then we say a la carte so it's
3: like it doesn't go together it's it's (laughs) not consistent (laughs) they're
1: separate either or either or picks Mm -hmm. anyways how about communal table or chef's counter chef's counter
2: chef's counter
3: tipping or all inclusive charge tipping tipping that's something that I love about America in France it's all included but here it's it's good yeah it's really good Molten
1: chocolate cake or the Sunday at ABC Kitchen? The Sunday at ABC Kitchen.
2: Molten, even though I ate thousands of it, but it's like the molten chocolate cake.
1: I, I had a hard time trying to figure out what to compare to the molten chocolate cake. <laughs> but yeah, they're both delicious. But yeah, I would probably go with molten. Okay, a couple more. Cooking for your dad or being cooked for by your dad?
3: Cooked for by my dad
2: i cooking for my dad. <laughs> That's
3: cool. All right. It's because I don't know how to cook. It. <laughs> Do you cook at all? I, I, I'm getting better at it. I'm really uh, getting better at it. So I think, uh, I wouldn't say he's looking at me.
1: <laughs> I know you don't cook. Well, there's a lot of pressure, I would imagine, <laughs> okay. within your family. That's I would feel it.
3: All the men are cooking and all uh-huh. the women are having
2: She's wine. She's taking actually. care of the cocktails, the wine. Exactly. You know.
3: In the service, <laughs> That's
1: yeah. My- oh, it's teamwork. <laughs> okay, two more. Cheese plate or dessert? Dessert. These are it. Manhattan or Brooklyn? Manhattan.
0: Manhattan. Great.
3: Sorry, we love Brooklyn too.
1: <laughs> that's the game. You guys, I, I knew it would be fun.
3: Who won?
2: No, okay. <laughs> I don't that's what
1: you guys... I'm not getting into that. You both won. Okay. So, industry news. Funny enough, there was an article in Bloomberg Pursuits yesterday titled, Star New York Chef to Open Casual Dining Restaurant in London. Who are they talking about? John George von Richten. Who's opening a new place in London um, at the Conot? Am I saying that Conot Hotel? Conot mm-hmm. Hotel. Yeah. Hotel. And I know, I know he's had places before in London. Yes. Did you guys ever live in London with I, him?
2: Yeah, I worked okay. actually. We had a Vong, uh, oh, restaurant right. at mm-hmm. the Berkeley Hotel, um, which closed a while ago. But yeah, where, was, it was that like
3: 15 years ago or something? It was, yeah, it was maybe.
2: 15. I'm not. I'm pretty old, but yeah, it was about that time. <laughs>
1: I wasn't sure. You're Cedric. You're older, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, please come up. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. want I, I was pretty pretty sure of that, but yeah.
2: Confirmation.
1: <laughs> yeah. How many years apart are you guys? Is that I, two? Five.
2: Five and a half years. But
3: he okay. looks really young. He looks like a baby. You both. You both look. No, but-
2: Come on. Pretty young, yeah. We're yeah. twins.
3: We twins. You could, That's true. Yeah, no, okay. No. <laughs> Anyways. Okay, so are you excited about this this restaurant that your dad's gonna be opening? Yes, he hasn't been uh he didn't open I mean he had I mean, the spice market also in between. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's very exciting. London is a happening city, so very exciting. Yeah,
1: I haven't I haven't been to London in several years, but I'd like to go and check out the dining scene. The food so.
2: scene, I mean it's great there, but I mean he's before that, there's about, there's about, what, another seven, eight openings happening. So it's like... <laughs> it's like yeah. so,
1: uh, I don't know. How does he do it? <laughs>
2: C V soon, and, you know, like this... Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: Los Angeles.
2: Los Angeles, Upper East Side, right? Yeah. There's, a, there's, there's a bunch, but it's hard to keep track, actually.
3: Yeah, well... But, but London is exciting. Yeah. I'm really excited about this one, yeah, because, I don't know, I have memories, actually, of uh, us when we were living in France... And my dad had that restaurant in Berkeley at the Berkeley Hotel. I remember we went there once on mm-hmm. uh, vacation. Yeah. It was one of the best vacation actually uh, mm-hmm. uh, with, with our dad that I remember, so it has a special meaning to me London.
1: Well, it had a special meaning to Bloomberg too. So yeah. well, they were they
3: were <laughs> they were noting
1: how um Helen De Rose De Rose. De Rose, yeah. She also has a restaurant in this hotel, yes. so that was making it even more like special. a grand. Mm-hmm.
3: She's Grand amazing, uh, She came to cook at Chef's Club, actually, uh, last year. She's, uh, she's a really great chef. Yeah. Amazing, yeah. Missed it. Next time. <laughs> Next time.
1: Okay, so other news. This week, the Michelin Guide for San Francisco came out. They now have six three-star restaurants. They, they gave uh, three-star to Quince, uh, which is now... So they were saying in this article how... San Francisco and New York now both have three have six three-star restaurants and the New York list is coming out November 17th. Mm-hmm. So as a chef or in, people in the industry I mean what do you, are you are you awaiting the Michelin to come out? I mean what's your I what's mean, your take on on these awards? I uh,
2: like for I mean it's for me it's very important. It's great um accolades and but we it's not like we Like today, I didn't know the, I mean, I just knew this since this morning, but the Zagat Zagat came in, you know, my wife is like, hey, come in. We're excited. We go through the book and we read it and, you know, we call the chefs. Um, So, I mean, yes, it's great and especially better when you actually get, you know, star, two star, three star and you're all great grading. Uh, But at the end of the day, I mean, for me, it's having a restaurant or restaurants that are like successful, consistent, busy and, you know, people leaving the restaurant and they're like, you know, satisfied and they can't wait to come back. But of course, you know the having all those different trophies, you know, it's it's great, it's great for the staff, it's great for the morale and you know, it's it, it, it's good.
1: Yeah, I I saw Zagat came out today too yeah. and you're Perry Street number 49 in the yeah. top 50 list, which is awesome.
2: Not bad at all, yeah. That's and weird. they they came out with like a new kind of new system the number also uh, out of before it was out of 30, now it's like oh, out it's, of 5. Oh, it's the or, 5 point. Um, yeah, the five yeah point. we
1: talked about that a while back on my show. Mm-hmm. Um I have to go through it more thoroughly. I was just looking at the top list, and John George was number three, and yep. New good Team was number 18. Mm-hmm. So you guys did well. Yeah, not bad. Not
3: <laughs> bad. Very good.
1: Mm. So, yeah. Do you see influence, you think, when these lists come out? Do, do you get a reaction at Perry Street? Um, or should I ask you that in like a week from now? Maybe a week from now. <laughs>
2: maybe. Uh, I mean, I know tonight we're very busy, but that was, you know, the last three days it was already, you know, pretty uh, pretty booked. Uh, I'm sure on some different guides it might attract a little more tourists than others, uh, but again, you know, Paris Street is like a like a destination and like a neighborhood restaurant, so we're constantly busy, and that might that might make it even busier if you get a better you know a better review, but you know, doesn't I don't see much right. difference for now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What about at Chef's Club? Is your clientele mostly locals or is it?
3: tourists? So we have a really good mix. Um we have a lot of uh, people living in the neighborhood because we are located at like Mulberry Street. There's a lot of uh, people living around. Uh, so we have a bunch of uh, regular guests coming, like even just drinks at the bar, eating like small plates. And we have people that come also as a destination because it's an experience, especially when we have those visiting chefs coming. Uh, they book like uh, a month, two months ahead of time because they know that, you know, there's a particular chef. So there's really a good mix between uh, being a destination and being just like a day-to-day place where you come and eat and casually at your neighbor neighborhood restaurant. Right. Both. Both a little bit. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Okay, great. So that was industry news. We're going to take one more break. Come back, I'm going to do my, my solo dining experience. And then we're going to do a new thing called the final shout-out. So stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Music for this break is
0: brought to you by TaxStar, and this track is called Pianissimo Short.
1: Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. It's time for my solo dining experience. So this week it's at Harold's Meat and Three. Here's the rundown Location 2 Renwick Street, New York, New York. The concept A low key southern style eatery inside the new Arlo Hotel, Hudson Square. The chef, Harold Moore, formerly of Commerce in New York City. Why did I go? Because I'm a Harold fan. And his new place sounded intriguing. My experience. So on a rainy Friday night, I found my way to a cozy banquette in the dining room located in the back of the hotel. I spotted Harold and his right-hand gal, Julia Grossman, who together are running the show. We chatted a bit. It was very nice to see them both. And service was attentive. What did I get? I had, well, the menu is designed to choose one main and three sides, hence meat plus three. So I went lightish. I had the grilled salmon with red wine sauce plus crushed cauliflower, elote corn, and Japanese sweet potatoes. There was also fresh bread to start and a complimentary, adorable mini ice cream cone to end. My take. The salmon was perfectly cooked for me, nice and medium rare. And I enjoyed all of the sides, especially the corn, which came on a little stick and was super flavorful. The ambiance. Big, bright, airy. With a modern yet casual feel, there's a salad bar, a large bar, and a communal table, plus an open kitchen in the back. Perfect for Southern cravings, New York City style. Interesting tidbit, Harold is overseeing all of the hotel's food service, from breakfast to dinner, and its bar and rooftop lounge, which apparently has a nice view of the Hudson. Personal fun fact, next time I go, I will indulge in a real meaty meat plus three, and I'm talking about the prime rib sourced from Pat Lafrida, which I've heard is outstanding and ginormous. The cost, $25, not including tax and gratuity. Would I go back? Yes. Website is haroldsmeatand3.com. There you have it. So, typically now I say it's time for the final question, but... I haven't confirmed my guest yet for next week because I had a little cancellation. So um, I decided instead we're going to do the final shout-outs because I have been to a lot of events and things this week, and a lot of things have happened. So I have a bunch of shout-outs. I don't know if you guys have anyone, like anything you've that's happened this week or any person or anything that, that you want to give a little like shout-out, like, hey, congrats, or I can, Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, shout out to my sous chef okay <laughs> he went on vacation and you know, went a little hiking and you know broke his leg so he feel better and we'll see you soon okay man feel better
1: oh wow that's a good one I mean not, not a good one but <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: I think uh, also like staying in to the, the culinary world I would say that uh, shout out to our new general manager who started la- last week uh, so she's new, and she needs uh, support from all the team, and we uh, wish her the best of luck. And uh, welcome to the chess Club family. Oh,
1: that's great. I love it. <laughs> so uh, I had a few. I had um, Jordana Rothman, was just uh, named new restaurant editor at Food & Wine magazine. So a shout-out to her. It's a big role, taking over from Kate Crater, who's now at Bloomberg. Um, so that's cool. And then I was at a bunch of events this week. I wanted to uh, shout out to Le Dame Scofier in New York. They had this great event, The Next Big Bite, which was at the Institute of Culinary Education. It was a great panel with Kate Crater, Carla Hall, and Talia Bellucci, moderated by Martha Teichner. I was also at the Food Film Festival celebrating its 10th year. Congrats to George Motz. Last night, the Institute, the International Culinary Center had a wonderful celebration and remembrance for Dorothy Kane Hamilton. Um, she had a show on Heritage Radio Network called Chef Story, which is in the archives. And anyone, um, I would say, Cedric, you would probably love her shows. I would always enjoy listening because it, it tells the story of chefs, like from how they got into the industry. So... Very sad that she passed away, but, you know, it's great that we have these archives of of history. A couple more I had. Uh, Star Chefs had their event at the Brooklyn Expo Center, which had an amazing lineup of international chefs. And then Franklin Becker did Autism Speaks event at the Dream Hotel earlier this week, benefiting Pop Earth, and um, also another amazing lineup of chefs involved and so yeah those are those are all mine.' <laughs> yeah, are You're very busy <laughs> i am i I keep trying to get less busy, and I can't figure out how because there's so many events and things going on, and these are all great causes yeah. and 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 great things so there's always something happening right there really is, but yeah i'm i'm I don't know how i I kind of I think I keep the pace of of a chef in a kitchen working those those hours. <laughs> <laughs> So um, that's the show.
2: Great, though. Thank you for Thank having you us, for
3: Sherry, for having us.
1: Thank you so much. I'm congratulations. I mean, I think it's 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 terrific what you guys are doing, and that you founded a new foundation, and you're looking to help help students, and it's
3: it's wonderful. Thank you for your support, and you were here, at, you know, the first launch, and well, well, we hope to see you more all the events that we'll be doing and if you want to come the
2: cooking don't you know come in the kitchen parachute as you tell you come back.
3: This this room we we're talking about <laughs>
1: <laughs> It would be kind of fun. I well I don't know. I, I don't yeah. I a don't
3: stage a little stage. Do you
1: do that though with guests um
2: I don't know. Yeah we did a couple, you know uh guess we did also some acting. You know, actors they wanted to know how to hold a knife.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We did uh, a bunch of cooking school also on site. So they came down in Perry Street, and we're showing a demonstration how to do a rice cracker crusty tuna, like one of our main dishes right. or something. Yeah. So yeah, we do we do a bunch of stuff like that. It's not a humongous kitchen, but it's a decent size, and we'll can teach you a lot.
1: But I bet it's very pretty, pristine, like. Like, well, clean, beautiful yes. kitchen. It's my
0: sugar
1: <laughs> <home>. <laughs> so, great. Well, I'll, I'll think about it. And anyone else out there, now you know. Good. Okay, so to, to finish up, let me just tell you, everyone I've been speaking with Louise Von Richten and Cedric Von Richten. They're the co founders with their father, John George, of Food Dreams Foundation at John George Foundation. Their website is fooddreams.org. I run through some social media. So, on Twitter, It's at Louise Vong, and on Instagram, you're at Louise Vong Richten. On both handles, uh, Cedric is said Von Richten, or on both social media platforms, I should say, and John George is at John George on Twitter, and at Chef Chef JGV on Instagram, and on Instagram, it's at Food Dreams Foundation. I think I got all that. Yeah. All right. Cool. You can find me at Sherry Bayer at Bayer PR at All Industry. Check out my Facebook pages, All in the Industry, and my websites are bayerpublicrelations.com, com. As a reminder, all of our shows are archived at org. We are also on iTunes and Stitcher. Many thanks to my show's fall season sponsor, which is One House Hospitality Headhunters. Their website is one house.com, Twitter one underscore house, and Instagram one house, and that's O N E H A U S. Thanks to my engineer, Pierre. I'm Sherry Bayer. Thank you for being part of All in the Industry. Thank bye. you.
2: you. Bye bye. Bye bye.